Resistor Sisters. Destroying the patriarchy one podcast at a time. I haven't accomplished anything alone, but I was fortunate to be part of a revived feminist movement. I think uh, anyone who's not a feminist is, is an insane person. This was not just a lewd conversation. This wasn't just locker room banter. This was a powerful individual speaking freely and openly about sexually predatory behavior. At a time when we have self-driving cars and computers that sit on your wrist, women still make only 79 cents for every dollar a man makes. And if I have to listen to one more gray-faced man with a $2 haircut explain to me what rape is, I'm gonna lose my mind. And now, Resistor Sisters. Hello, this is Susan in Cleveland at Resistor Sisters Radio. And hello, Rain in D.C. I'm sorry Why? for being you... here. I'm sorry for D.C. I apologize oh. for the entire region. Are you apologizing <laughs> for all the politicians that you didn't elect? I am apologizing for everybody but Nancy Pelosi tonight. Oh, okay. Well, hello also to Heidi in... Um, St. Paul, right? No, I'm saying it wrong. Minneapolis. 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 Hi. It's near St. Paul. Hello. Hello. So, yeah, a lot of things went down today. Wow. Every day's a month, sisters. It really was. Every day's a month. (laughs) So, um, yeah, we were starting off um, with a Rob Porter domestic abuse accusation. Yeah. Oh, Rob Porter, who works in the White House as an, what is he, an assistant to John Kelly? Oh. What's his title? Do we? I don't know. Let, let me see if it's in this clip. Hold on. There are basic lines of human decency, norms to which society generally agrees and to which we adhere. And we continue to see the Trump presidency eroding these lines. Some of the people marching alongside Nazis in the Klan in Charlottesville were, quote, very fine people, President Trump said, as he drew a line of moral equivalence between white supremacists and those who protested the white supremacists. Days after, one of those Nazis drove purposefully into a crowd and killed Heather Heyer. Or last fall, after U.S. Senate candidate Roy Moore was credibly accused by women of having sexually abused them when they were in high school, one of the victims as young as 14, Republicans withdrew their support for Roy Moore, except for President Trump, who doubled down to this list of those marching alongside Nazis and those accused of sexually abusing children. The White House has now added someone accused by two ex-wives of spousal abuse. CNN's Caitlin Collins reports that White House officials have been generally aware of the accusations that White House Staff Staff Secretary Rob Porter has beaten his ex-wives. Today, the White House is still standing by Porter, attesting to his character and his excellence. Before we begin today's report, I just wanted to once again note a further erosion of standards for what I thought we'd all agreed was not okay, not acceptable, not moral. White supremacist rallies, child molesters, domestic abusers, another moment where the White House is sadly no longer considered a place of the highest standards in the land, but rather a place where our national standards are being degraded. This afternoon, White House Staff Secretary Rob Porter resigned over the objections of the White House, following reports of spousal abuse claims by two ex-wives, Colby Holderness and Jennifer Willoughby, 
told CNN's MJ Lee that Porter abused them while they were married to him. One of those ex-wives has photographic evidence she says proves her claim a black eye. Both of these women shared their claims in interviews with the FBI during Porter's background check investigation. Minutes ago, Press Secretary Sarah Sanders continued to stand by Porter, saying that President Trump has, quote, full confidence in his abilities and performance. Earlier, Sanders said Porter was not pressured to resign. In fact, far from it. Look, I think that was a personal decision that Rob made uh, and one that he was not pressured to do, but one that he made on his own. Porter, in a statement today, called the charges against him by his two ex-wives false and vile, but he did not explain how his ex-wife got the black eye or why two ex-wives are accusing him of abusing them. The reports first appeared in the Daily Mail and The Intercept. Okay. So. I have murder fists. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's not funny. It's like, mm, wow. It well, went to the FBI and Trump didn't listen to them. Or did he listen to them and said, this is the kind of guy we like. He's got something to hide. We can hold something over him. I don't know. He, he, before we went to that clip, I asked what his job was because I couldn't mm -hmm. remember. I, okay. I thought that he was, I thought that he was, um, Chief of Staff Kelly's assistant, and he is. Yeah. He's, he's, he, ser he serves as staff secretary to the Chief of Staff in the White House. Yeah. And um, they're standing behind a guy who beat not one wife, but two. And a girlfriend, suppose, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I heard a little bit about that, too. But, too. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Sarah Sanders is sitting there defending. I, I, I'm going to say defending. She's, okay. she's saying, oh, he's a good guy. Trump is saying he's a good guy. John Kelly's saying he's a good guy. Um, I, this is disgusting to me. And, uh, see, um, I don't it, find it shocking because guys like that hang out with people like Trump. That's the whole birds well, of a feather, and they, and they say, "Oh, they're a good guy. They're a good guy. They're the yeah, ones that are telling you they're a good guy, and their friends come up and tell you they're a good guy, and you know, you can smell it on them. They're not good guys. Yeah, you know? it smells like brute. Yep, it smells like that smells stinky like musk cologne. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that I. I still remain shocked. Yeah. And disgusted. I do. I, I actually do. Um, the, this was, I, I, I did some research on this and John Kelly, which means other people knew as well that there mm. was a restraining order on him when he was hired mm. to take this job in the White House. This guy did not get a security clearance because of that restraining order oh, and they wow. still hired yeah. him sure sure they and did. um I, well, i've talking done about honor among thieves here i'm we're, i mean i'm talking tell me if i'm wrong heidi i'm talking about someone that's like they're holding other other things that they they want the, him to keep their secrets and i understand why they picked him you know what i mean like this is probably one of the I mean, it is a legal ramification. Yes, you would think that they wouldn't, but they wanted him to keep their secrets, so they were keeping his, you know? 
Does that make sense? Um, well, well, he he also worked in George H. W. Bush's White House as well. Yeah, I looked to see if I could find something about his age, and I found nothing. I nothing would tell me his age and, too. And even yeah, he's a he's Mormon by religion, and mm-hmm. so is at least one of his mm. ex wives. Um, so well, actually, I think both of the ex wives were, but. Um, I mean, there's a couple of things at play here. You know, number so first of all, the, the, there's there's two ex-wives. Both of them uh, have talked about what happened in some detail to the to the FBI. Mm-hmm. He married the first wife in 2004. He married the second one. I believe it was 2009. The second one left after like a year or so. He, he, um, it sounded like a lot of, from what the second wife says, there was a lot of verbal abuse, a lot of that um, emotional abuse. Um, he was physical, I think a couple, yeah, a couple of times. Um, he so he was tried abusive to, on the honeymoon, um, you said? Was that the one? Right. Second wife, yeah. Um, yes, yeah. And he dragged her out of the shower um, uh, because they were arguing about something and he dragged her out of the shower and he stopped when she like, I guess gave him a look of horror. Um, she refused to go on a trip with them over the hot that, uh, I think it was 2010 Christmas holiday season. And she filed mm-hmm. for, um, separation soon after that she had a restraining order. Now, I mean, here's the other thing I was going to point out is mm-hmm. wife, wife number one, took a picture of her, her black eye he gave her back in 2000 and somewhere between 2004. And I think they divorced in 2006 or 2007. Mm-hmm. So she had the wherewithal, uh, a la Nicole Brown Simpson, sure. she's, yeah. you know, another case, to take pictures of her abuse for future use. Um, and two thousand yeah, protection. I, I mean, there's, res- I mean, there's restraining orders on that he has, you know, that are out there. We're out there. I mean, here's and and there's there's so much I could say about this, but here's here's the biggest issue with his behavior. It should have been an automatic hell no. I don't care what kind of guy, I, if I like you, if I don't like you, it doesn't matter. This is to explode. It's not with one incident where, oh, you know, that you could uh, explain away, not that I think it's okay, but where you could say, oh, I got drunk one night and I accidentally hit my wife. No, this was a systematic, you know, it's, you know, it's trying a to strangle. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, it's what it is. Repeat offender. Right. And if you, and if you hear what they say, and this is documented. This isn't like they gave this, um, you know, they got together and decided to say this after the fact. It's documented. They, they, he divorced both of these women, and both of them used this abuse in their divorce decrees or di- their divorce petition, I should say. And it's, it's not it's a, a matter of public so, record. Exactly. It's yeah. a matter of, uh, you know, depending on what, and I don't know how much, you know, how special he was back then. If it would be one of those that's sealed, um, you know, but I, I can't imagine it would be. So there's at least some of this is a public record. If you look at the Daily Mail article, which is where this started, um, 
they have the documents. They have documents on their page or on their sure. website that show what you know what they filed. One of the other things is one of the, one of the wives went to the church to tell them about the abuse, and yeah. they the the male elder just kind of said, oh, "Well, you know, just take, deal with it yourself," or whatever he said. So. She was blown Which kind off of goes without back to the patriarchy of religion. Yeah, to be honest right. With you. Which is fun. Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't even. Uh, so um, I, I, I mean, the fact that he's there and now they're excusing his behavior. Listening to John Kelly, yeah, and he he just right before he started dating Hope Hicks. Is, by the way, is everybody in the White House up. dating Hope Hicks? <laughs> yeah, she I mean, also is there, dated I mean, Corey Lewandowski, who also yes, was accused of abuse. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, but she, the the ex girlfriend didn't sound like he was with the ex girlfriend very long. But it does sound like he has a type because most of all of the women and Hope Hicks they all set, tend to look the same. I mean, not like fit an image, but they all have the same basic look. Um, let, let me ask so, you guys this, hmm. I, because you know Sarah Sanders wrote a letter as we heard in that clip, and I read about it, you know, saying that he's going, but, you know, he's a good guy. And Hope Hicks helped, Hope Hicks helped to craft his resignation letter. Mm-hmm. And we know, based on articles that I've read, and I will share it, that John Kelly knew about this restraining work. Yes. Well, what you would I have to, because, he, not, yeah, you'd have to know. What I cannot get my head wrapped around, and I think that I, maybe I shouldn't be shocked, as you mentioned, Suze, that, you know, this is the White House. What I cannot get my head wrapped around is that this guy could not get a security clearance in the White House because of his abusive background. And yet mm-hmm. he was still hired, and he was the guy who, who was the kind of the filter guy between what could go into to trump's office and what couldn't he got to see everything and he also helped with the state of the union address too yes that was one of the other things he did there's no way i mean couldn't get the security clearance because he's abusive and and it it, oh this is this what what this white house is doing doing horrible they really are bad other awful people like it's a bad person party okay Yes, they they would much rather have somebody who talks strong and acts strong, sure. and they don't give a crap if they beat the shit out of a woman. Yeah, well, you as know long what she as asked they just, just tow the Trump um, line. Yeah, yeah, the towing the but, Trump line I mean, and being part of the um, what's the word? Not the the dictatorship. Understanding the authoritarianism. authoritarianism, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like this next clip. It only takes a few seconds and it takes us back to the Larry Nassar thing, but it's the courtroom sentencing that you guys um, brought to my attention. And I know this is, mm, I don't know, Ken was kind of like, ah, is that a good thing? But I, I don't know. For some reason, let me, you can tell me what you think. Oops, hold on. Judge, what up? Just drop, Father, have a chance to say something. Go ahead, sir. And this is the father of two of the victims in the Larry Nassar thing, so he's just kind of speaking, okay? Judge, what up? Just drop, Father, have a chance to say something. 
Go ahead, sir. Mm. No, we, we, we don't want to swear. We don't want to have profanity. I can't imagine the anger and the anxiety and the feeling of wanting retribution. And if you need to say something to help you, I'm more than willing to let you say something. But in a courtroom, we, we, try, we don't use profanity. But if you have some words that you would like to say, I would like to give you the opportunity to say them. I would ask you to, as part of this sentencing, to grant me five minutes in a locked room with this demon. I have would a you feeling. do that? I, that is not yes how Yes or our, no? No, sir, I can't Would you give me that. one minute? <laughs> you know that I can't do that. That's not how I do those well, things. <laughs> So, you know, violence ensues, they take him down, the, the, you know, it's in the court, so the bailiff or whatever tackled him, but it just, it just, it's, it's, it's wrong, the things that are happening, not only in Larry Nassar case, I, so, you know what I mean? Do you guys think what he did was wrong? That he hit his no. wife's. I think the court thinks it was wrong too, or that Larry Nasser, what he did was wrong. Yeah. Are you talking, talking about the wait, are you, are, oh, No, no. Yeah, I don't. Not at all. He mm -hmm. the so the the father. Three of his daughters were abused by mm -hmm. Larry Nasser. Three. Through yeah. all three of his daughters. So that is where his anger is coming from. You know what? I, I feel it. I understand it. I, I, yeah, I have nothing negative to say about that father. Yeah, it's not. Okay. What about you, Sue? I'm um, curious about. Wait, I'm you really know, I, curious I think about it, I think it's really um, what happened was he kind of just jumped forward. And and you know what I, if you guys can tell me what you think, but when when he was saying, "Give me a minute. Give me five minutes." Yeah, I didn't think I didn't think they would do it, but I he didn't seem angry, angry to me enough to jump forward, which is what a bad, oh. which is what a bad like um, judge of character I am, because I wouldn't have seen that coming. But you know, and, and it was doing it was ridiculous, because yeah, they're gonna not allow that in the court. That's not what the court is about. I get that. I don't know. It it seemed like a. I just understand the emotion. Like, I understand See, the... I, I kind of fall right down in the middle of all this. Mm -hmm. um, as soon as he asked, I want five minutes. <laughs> I knew exactly what he wanted. I have friends who have said, if this was done to my daughter, yeah. you know, I'm sure we all have friends who's like, put me alone in a room with him and all this stuff. And I just, I just felt like, oh, this is not going to go well. And, and listening to the judge saying, no, 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 violence is not the answer. Yeah. But when he, when he did that leap. And it was, it was I, like... I don't know. I like, felt really, I felt really conflicted, and and mm -hmm. the thing is, is that um, it's a it's a double edged sword for me. I've had some time to think about this. It's a really double edged sword, because people like that man who raised his daughters, sure, who had to witness the impact statement mm -hmm. to Larry Nasser, 
a man, and I don't know how old he is, but he was never taught how to not be a part of the patriarchy. And I know this might sound really stupid. I, I, he was taught was to be, taught how to be, no, the, the father, the oh, father, the father. Yeah. the father, he was never mm-hmm. taught how to be anything else but a man. You know, like, I'm a man, I'm going to take care of my daughters, I'm going to raise them, and I'm going to protect them, and I'm going to, all of this stuff. And so at that moment, at that moment, I felt like he felt responsible not only for his daughters, but I I kind of feel like he felt guilty for not paying attention. Well, yeah. Well, you assume the that, that the people around your children aren't monsters. Well, yes. But maybe you I, yeah, shouldn't. that. <laughs> yeah, there, there's definitely, definitely that. But I think that he felt guilty because he sure. didn't protect his daughters, even though he probably, he probably could not have. There are monsters out there in this world. There are. There and are. so he chose to act out in the way that a lot of men are raised. It seemed to me like kind of an old school reaction. Yes. You know, like yes. something like that's what would be said when we were, you know. But then it's like... I don't know. I guess I just appreciate their, you know, him protecting their honor in a way. You know, you don't that's see that's that. kind of. Exactly I know it what is. Yeah, it's it right is. down the middle. It's right down the middle. I mean, yes, he protected their honor because they they are not fully adult women. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, we haven't taught. When I say we, I guess I'm speaking on a broader scale. We haven't had a chance to have men of that age understand that there has to be a way to deal with things without violence. And so what Larry, what Larry Nasser did to his daughters was violent. And yeah. answering violence with violence isn't necessarily the answer. Okay. But I don't, I don't necessarily blame him for doing what he did because he was not taught differently growing up himself. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Heidi? She's not, she doesn't have much to say on this one. Oh, okay. I I know. I talk. Well, well, (laughs) no, like I, I mean, like I said, I understand the anger completely. Um, and I don't, I, I have to, I don't know. I disagree a little bit about part of that. Um, and that, I could see what I, how I would feel at that moment, seeing this guy who I've watched for months act like he's better than everybody else, according to how we've been, you know, responding to listening to um, victim impact statements. Mm-hmm. I also think that, um, right. you know, I would every day my I I would have re you know, and and you know his daughters are still alive, so it's not. You know, it's not, his daughters are alive to live another day. However, they're going to live with this for the rest of their lives. And it sure. happened to them at a very young age. For me, my first reaction, if it would have been my kid, was I'm going to kill the motherfucker. <laughs> keep, keep the motherfucker away from me. I'm going to kill him. Um, if I see him, I'm killing him. I don't care what happens to me. I'm killing him. And mm. if that is a male pattern response, <laughs> I guess it is for me. Because for me, that would be my first, my first reaction was, I'm going to kill the motherfucker. So, and, and would I actually kill him in real reality? 
probably not. Um, but that would be my first visceral reaction would be, I want to kill him. Um, and I, and that's not what this guy did. He just wanted to hit him. He wanted that punch, that feeling of, he wanted to cause him pain. And it was kind of like he was, was he was at a football game. He was kind of at a football game with 20 of his friends holding him back. Like, yeah, I'm going to fight you. It's like, no, you know, darn well that it's the bailiff's job to tackle you. You know, they're not well, going to let violence I, I, happen I don't in that think, court. Right. And he and and I I guarantee you he realized that. But yeah. for him, in his mind at that moment, what he wanted was, I know I'm going to have my ass kicked coming over this table. <laughs> but I yeah. want one of my hands either around his throat or touching his face, and that's enough for me. I don't for a minute believe that guy didn't know that that was going to happen. Yeah. And I, do, and I don't believe for a minute. I mean, I, what I can, and listening to him talk, just listening to him, watching his face, I knew something was coming when I saw yeah. it even, you know. But the other thing is, is I think what happened for him and mm-hmm. why he got to that point was that it was probably shame, guilt, feeling sure. of I didn't protect my kid That's and I would you know I don't have I don't have so kids but I would feel the same way if that was me and that was my kid although knowing me if I had a kid my kid would hate me because I'd be you know there's serial killers outside don't talk to you know, don't talk to strangers you know cover your drink you know don't do this That's true. you know you've got to be home with this you know so I mean I'd be a little bit maybe weird about security and stuff but, but I, I do mean, I agree yeah, with you I, about I, the fact that he probably felt tremendous guilt. I, oh sure, yeah, and and that's why, I, you know, it was you know it's just it's just a lot of emotion there, you know. Um, I did want to talk about now now I I'm going back to the the Huckabee Sanders defense of Porter, so I'm going back to Porter. I've got another. Oh, she's um, so lovely, isn't she lovely? <laughs> Getting to know you. Did you clarify the status, <laughs> security clearance of Rob Porter, and if the president has confidence in him as a staff secretary? Um, I, I can give you two statements. As has always been our policy um, when it comes to security clearances, we don't comment on them. I'm not going to change that today. Uh, I can tell you that Rob has been an effective in his role as staff secretary, and the president, and chief of staff, have had full confidence and trust in his abilities and his performance. Uh, in a more of an update on that front. Rob has put out a statement, um, which I can read to you now, and I think it will address some of those uh, other questions. These outrageous allegations are simply false. I took the photos given to the media nearly 15 years ago, and the reality behind them is nowhere close to what is being described. I've been transparent and truthful about these vile claims, but I will not further engage publicly with a coordinated smear campaign. My commitment to public service speaks for itself. I've always put duty to country first and treated others with respect. I'm deeply grateful for the opportunity to have served in the Trump administration and will seek to ensure a smooth transition when I leave the White House. Is he going to be leaving the White House anytime soon? There was some conversation a couple of months ago that he was at least contemplating that. Uh, He is uh, going to be leaving the White House. It won't be immediate, but um, he is uh, resigning from the White House, but is going to stay on to ensure that there's a smooth transition. There you go. So, so when is he leaving? 
there's going to be a smooth transition. <laughs> I, <laughs> you may not even notice it. It'll be so smooth. <laughs> this is this is just gross. <laughs> because I personally, I look at domestic violence mm-hmm. as no different as sexual assault or sexual violence. I that's me. It's illegal. It's violence. That's my. It's illegal. Yeah. But it's also, it's just also, it, it's violence on women. Yeah, totally. Totally. But it's illegal and it's criminal and they shouldn't have let him in the White House. <laughs> yes. He shouldn't ridiculous. have been in there. No, no, not at all. Should not have even gotten in front door. I'm sorry. We can't buy your magazine. Go leave, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's done. But then instead they welcomed him in. So I don't know. That's my, um, that's my thing. But yeah, it, it is, you know, it's, it's illegal and it's like, uh, I just, I just think that in order for it to get to the point where there's documentation and divorce proceedings and, um, you know, uh, like I said, uh, what are, what do they call it when you file the paperwork to keep someone away from you? I forget. A restraining order. Protect- the restraining order. Or an order or an order of protection. I, I've been I lucky filed one against in my, my father when I was 17. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, I've been lucky. <laughs> I've never res- had to file a restraining order against anyone. They're not easy. Yeah. I bet. I just want to put that out there. They're not easy <laughs> to get, especially if you're a 17 year old girl mm, yeah. in bumfuck New York, like a mm-hmm. really rural county in New York. Really? knowing that the judge probably knows your father (laughs) sure they're not easy to get and um this could be something we could talk about at at, you know on another episode but when a woman gets a restraining order Mm -hmm. once that's issued that's the most dangerous time for them when it comes to somebody who is committing domestic violence sure yeah like that's when that's when the men get, you know, they get a little wonky. They get a little kooky. They get a little out of control. And that's why if you call 211 in your area, they'll there tell you where the, the domestic... No, I don't have a jiggle. <laughs> um, they would tell you where the domestic, um, domestic violence shelter is. There's a difference between the homeless shelter and the domestic violence shelter because the domestic violence shelter at least in our area is it an undisclosed area like yes some people know you know but sometimes it moves and um they take you in you know sometimes they take you in with uh nothing you know just the clothes on your back hopefully shoes and you know um but and then and those are always good places to donate to and donate cell phones by the way when you're done with them because, you know, people go See? there and they have nothing. They have nothing. They walk in, you know, maybe they brought their kids. Maybe they brought, you know, but they don't have food sometimes. And, you know, so that's always a good thing to donate to, you know. But um, I've talked to I'm people in domestic violence up. situations. But like I said, like like the political is the personal, you know. I like to go from macro talking about laws to talking about individual people in situations. 
Well, that's so. why I think it was really brave of these women to speak out, actually. It is. Ugh. Nobody I, wants I, to put I, that in dirty laundry, but, I mean, this is no. like a beast, you know? He sounds like a horrible person. I, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. Heidi, you're really quiet. Am I talking too much? No, I'm just listening to you guys. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, I, I just the, the, I, yeah, filing an order of protection, a restraining order against any partner, to me, because I am, um, I'm a female, mm -hmm. to me, filing any of those orders against a man who is abusing women, it, it puts the woman, that, that's when the woman becomes, she becomes in even more danger than when she is being actually almost more danger than mm -hmm. when she's actually right there in the thick of being punched as one of Porter's wife's was because then you get you know the rage that male rage from these guys these mm -hmm. abusers and um, they don't want to be caught they don't want to be shamed they don't want to be kicked out of their profession and so they take it out on women this 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 does happen sure. I've I've witnessed it happen in real life um and so i really think that these two women they're brave mm -hmm. i'm sure that they were able to be out of kind of like what off the out of the frying pan it, i don't know what the phrase is but yeah. you know their their situations weren't so hot right at this day in 2018 than it was yeah. in 2004 and 2009. Yeah, 2004, 2009. Didn't you say that, Heidi? Those were the two years of the two divorces? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, they the first wife was married. They were married in 2004, and the second was 2009. And I know at least the second one only lasted like a year or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're very lucky. But you want they to really forward, are. They're coming forward, and they're saying the laws were violated. Violence mm -hmm. was done. Restraining orders were put into effect. Um, the FBI was involved. The FBI knew about it. That's amazing. And he still came in. He still walked in and whispered in Trump's ear, like you know. The reason why the FBI was involved is because he was trying to get a security clearance. Sure. I, that that is something. Um, I. I live in the D.C. area. I have friends who work for the federal government. I have friends who mm -hmm. seek to change jobs in the federal government. And on more than two or three occasions, I've had people come to my door saying, hi, do you know so-and-so? And I would be yeah. like, yeah. and this would be the FBI showing me that sure. FBI. The first time it happened, I freaked out. Uh. I did. I was like, what is the FBI doing here? And I was like, like Am I, I don't know movie? if I want. I'm in a movie. This is weird. No, I, I said, I don't know if, should I let you in the house? I did. I said that to the first person the first say? time it happened. And he said, you don't have to let me in the house, but I'm just here to, to do an interview because so-and-so mm -hmm. is seeking a job. Sure. And sure. Um, the questions that they ask are really intimate. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they go into, you know, how close are you a friend of this person? Um, and then once they find out how close you are a friend to that person, mm -hmm. then they'll take the next steps. 
the fact that he did not get a security clearance means the FBI knew that he was yeah. somebody who abused other people. And somebody who abuses other people is somebody who is not worthy of a security clearance because that means that they can be compromised. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. This is and kind it, of heavy have, stuff have, to me. It is, and we have five minutes, but it has I to do with... Much. I'm just going to say it has to do with um, being respectful of the law, you know, when you're yeah. a lawmaker and you're around lawmakers. You should be respectful of the law of the land. Yeah, especially if you're in the administration, the executive and branch. You, and you know what? And people, it's weird because domestic violence. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to try to get this really short, but I have a female friend. She's a bit of a brawler, right? And she'll hit anybody, but that's, you know, she hits another coworker, which I don't condone. I don't think it was right, but she went to jail for that. Like she, she did like a month in jail. Oh, wow. And that doesn't always, and, and it's because she worked with this person and she hit her. That's it. That's what happened. People saw it. There were witnesses. It's not a good thing. But she went to jail for that. Whereas in domestic violence, nobody really goes to jail sometimes. And that's the thing that is... is that's true. That's, that's the thing where it's like, well, you know, I understand coworkers don't want to hit coworkers. Neighbors don't want to hit neighbors. Then we've got chaos. We've got cats and dogs living together. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> still... Like, it's considered, you know, people don't take it as seriously when... No, they don't. Domestic violence. They, they don't take it seriously, and I kind of feel like that that's where most violence happens. Mm-hmm. It, exactly. Like, why would you beat up somebody you barely know? Um, yeah. Why wouldn't you hit someone you really care for? Wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense either, so I don't know. Yeah. No, um, you make a really good point, Suze. Yeah. You really do. But my deal is, I just walk away. Sometimes you just, you get too heated, you walk away. Done. Yeah, you know. I went to court. Hmm, you went to court? I went to court. Well, and that's <laughs> fine, but you but walked no, away I, I'm and with didn't you, though. use your I'm fists. With you. <laughs> and didn't, like, you know, maybe, I, I don't know what happened in your situation, but sometimes you need some cooling down, even if you're going to go to court later, but still... Yeah, the um, the whole thing is uh, Tapper sounds like an awful. Oh no, no, Porter, he sounds like an awful person. So he sounds like somebody who should not be working in the executive branch of the United States of America. That's right. That is true. That is very true. <laughs> he shouldn't have one of the highest, most um, influential positions in the land. I mean, for Christ's sakes, we got rid of Tony Wynn. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to wrap this up, wrap up this um, quarter, uh, this half of the show. And um, now we're going to go more upbeat. We got the we got the Time Women, uh, 500 people running for office. Unfortunately, Michelle Bachman is not going to be one of them. And we're going to talk about Pelosi. So we've got lots of things to look forward to so come right back to resistor sisters and michelle the birthday girl will be with us also yay you're listening to resistor sisters 
I look like a hooker. They're called sex workers, and they're heroes. Thank you for your service. Resistor Sisters, the podcast men's rights activists love to hate. Hi, this is Tim Coromall from The Tim Coromall Show, and you are listening to IndieMediaWeekly.com. Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Well, hello there. This is Kenny Pick. Thanks for listening to Indie Media Weekly. Be sure to check out my show, Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. For those who dare. Hey, I'm Rick Beatty. And I'm Nick Sadler. And I am Jody Hamilton. We are... From the bunker. So we do a one-hour weekly podcast. Where we get to speak our mind about stuff from a liberal perspective. We will be on Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. We are so excited. If you don't have any right-wing friends, you'll feel at home with us. From the bunker. With Jody Hamilton. Nick Sadler. And Richard Beatty. On Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. This is Adam Hebert. On every episode of Mike Check Radio, me and my co-hosts are not only committed to telling you about the latest political news, but also about the latest nerd news as well. Whether it's the latest scientific discovery, the new season of anime, the ending of a cherished manga, or the latest in comics, television, or movies, my show is guaranteed to bring you something that will make your inner nerd go twee! So be sure to tune in to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert live every Saturday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, only on Indie Media Weekly. IndieMediaWeekly.com. Extraterrestrial Radio. All the power without the tower. Get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. Listen to Paul's Memory Bank live every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. Your DJ, Paul, will serve up a mix of classic rock, pop, and novelty music all tied together with a weekly theme. That's Paul's Memory Bank every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern exclusively on Indie Media Weekly. Extraterrestrial radio. All the power without the tower. Hey, this is Brad Friedman from bradblog.com and the Bradcast, heard right here on Indie Media Weekly. Thanks for supporting truly independent media, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Light out, everybody. Every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. This is Indie Media Weekly, extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Resistor Sisters, destroying the patriarchy one podcast at a time. We're back, everyone. This is Susan in Cleveland and Heidi in Minneapolis. Hi. Hi. We've also got Rain in D.C. Hi. Hey. And Hi. We, ha- we have our new guest, 
Michelle in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Michelle's our first guest. Our first guest ever. Oh my Yay. gosh. Well, hello all. Hello. Hello. And and you're um <laughs> you're often on uh Mike Check Radio, right? Yes, my husband and I. Yeah, we my husband and I are co-hosts on that show. Yeah, which is a fun Saturday night thing to listen to and I I en- enjoyed it because Oh yes. Yeah. So Michelle, this is your first time meeting Heidi, right? Yes, it is. Hello, well, Heidi. I would like you guys to meet Hi, Michelle. acquaintances. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Glad Hi. to meet you. I have uh, I've, I've uh, enjoyed the, the the first couple episodes. So. Oh, that's good. Well, thanks for listening. Heidi's our, our mixologist, so she just cool. uh, enjoyed the whole yeah. Super Bowl. Your team won. I heard Heidi. Oh, I thought you were talking to Michelle. My team's actually the Steelers, but yeah, the oh, team I was. wanted to win for the yeah yeah the team that I wanted to win, you know, this time did win. But yeah, it was it was a fabulous game. It was really actually one of the best games I've seen, best Super Bowls I've seen in a very long time. Speaking of the Super Bowl, Heidi. Mm-hmm. Okay, because Heidi and I, I, Michelle, I'm not sure if you're a sports ball person, but Heidi and I are big <gasps> big football people. Are you? Oh, I, I love football. I just don't have any teams anymore. So I just hope okay. my husband root for the Dolphins. <laughs> okay, so then, then you all might appreciate this. I read a story from the um, Star Tribune. I think that's your hometown paper, Heidi? Yes, yes. About an Eagles fan who actually took a seat out of the stadium. Yes. Took the they seat out of the camera. stadium. Got it past security. Got wow. it out. Ended up at the airport and decided to put the seat on top of his carry-on luggage. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Did y'all hear about this? Yeah. I, knew a, yeah, I knew a lot of crazy stuff happened after that game, but that, that, I haven't heard that one. I, I, I've, been, I've been trying not to knock Philly fans, but that was some dumbass shit. If that guy was traveling with his wife, she would have been like, baby, put it inside your carry-on. <laughs> or you could mail it home if you're that attached to it. But Or that. I don't know about... <laughs> that just doesn't make sense. Who's the, what yeah. the, I just... <laughs> Besides, purple doesn't even go with Philadelphia green. <laughs> it does no. not. Thank you, Heidi. Hmm. Anyway. No, Sorry. I know I derailed oh. everything again. Oh, no, don't. <laughs> don't. Um, so, anyway, we've been talking about some domestic violence and and the whole um, Tapper thing and the just, you know, some... We've been going back and forth on different things than that. But luckily, I, I think, you know, I was saying that there were, there is usually a backlash from, you know, horrible things like the Trump, the, you know, all the anti-women things and, and all the backlash. And um, and then I heard today that, well, not today, earlier, that there are 500 women running for office. So I was really excited about that because I think this is a pushback in a positive direction. So let me play that clip for you. I cannot believe it. I would think we were together, Mathoni, in California just two weeks ago. We haven't even hit 19,000 yet. I checked this morning. 
And we have had now over 20,500, I left the 500 out, 20,500 women across the country who said, I want to run. My name is Ann Stava Murray and I'm running for state rep in the Illinois 81st. My name is Val Montgomery. I'm running for Illinois State Representative District 41. My name is Maureen Martin. I am running for county commission in Livingston County, Michigan. My name is Charles Sutter Wilson. I am from Detroit and considering running for a state house in District 6 in Detroit. And astonishing. You see who has taken the the highest office in our country how there's a disregard for women in general and that there's there's a disregard for you know just us as equal like as equal citizens it really I think it may have made me more progressive than I was before the election these are our campaign managers and our finance I have enough experience and enough power in the places in which I move that for me to not activate is a disservice to others. Like the least I can do is show up and hold up everyone else who might want to come along or might be here. Um, so in that way, it's sort of a, it's a if not me, who? My representative had run unopposed for two terms and that did not sit well with me. And all the things that were not being done, I felt was because he was not working with the people. And that forced me to say, wait, if I want to change, I have to do it myself. Even though I may have to sacrifice my privacy and things like that, it's for the better of the whole. It's for the better of the community. It's for the better of everybody. It's just this like amazing chain impact of this almost pink wave where it's the impact of women telling other women, look what we can do together. And when we all run at the same time, we have this collective force and power that we've never seen before. Difficulties in our lives. So I got excited about maybe instead of Boom. a backlash, we're going to have a pink wave coming over. and you A know, pink some, tsunami. A pink tsunami. Yay. So, I do uh, like that. Yeah, that would be amazing. I mean, it, it was actually closer to 26,000 people, women. Wow. Oh, running for office. Oh, and running from. Yeah, wow. I'm. I'm looking at the the time the time article that we um were 2, referencing. Two thousand six hundred. No, no, wait. Let me no. go back. I think it said twenty six thousand. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, twenty six thousand. Wow. And that's in all, that's not just in, yeah, that's for all, that's the city council, that's yes, school board, that's sure. people that have run before. Yes, yeah. yes, Heidi, I, yes, Heidi, right? I mean, this is the thing, we've been talking about people running for, just run for dog catcher. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah. Run. And women are, right. are all right, I'm, I'm going to be quiet I mean, now. you know, this is, you, back in the, well, 80s, 90s, the, the way that you, you, they started the conservative wave, you know, some people would argue it was right, it was during the Reagan administration, but it really started creeping in after George H.W. Bush took mm -hmm. office, um, mm -hmm. where conservatives would go into whatever town they were in, and they would get a seat on the school board, and they would become the director of water and trash, or whatever it's called in your neighborhood. Yes. Sure. And so what they would do 
is once they got those positions, which people, you know, and when you look on your ballot, those are the positions that most people run unopposed. So if you live yeah. in a smaller town and you, you know, water, you know, the water and sewer guy, he runs unopposed. So does, you know, these little things that nobody cares about. Well, what they did is they started at those little tiny, stupid jobs, if you will, that really mean nothing. And I mean, and mean nothing in the grand scheme of things, but it's the, it's their, their grassroots beginning. And so they get into those positions and then they go, well, let me try to get on the school board and now let me try for city council and mayor. And then that's how everybody starts moving up. And by the time you realize that's happening, they've taken, you know, you know, it's been a wave. So, you know, that's, you know, that's pretty normal. And that's that a basic strategy, strategy. You know, that's a basic strategy. Michelle is a game player. You can understand that's that's a strategy to take over the board, you know? Yeah. You start little and you just keep expanding every single time you go for, you know, the next step up. You just keep improving. And once, you know, you get to a point where it's almost a snowball effect, you just can't be stopped. And that's sure. the scary right. part. That is. And you know what? They right. always and go and they scary. talk to No, people. no, no. It's not scary. This is what has to happen. This time no, it's, it's happening not- in right. our favor, but in the past. <laughs> yeah. that's, what right. that's what I'm talking about. It was them. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Michelle. No, it's a scary uh, momentum once it gets started. And that's what the Cokes did. They worked sure. on all right. these small community cities and stuff. And that's how they got such a stranglehold on our uh, politics. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and but, so, and you I'm know, just glad that we're using the same tactics to get back at them. There you go. You know, to counteract, to counteract people like the Cokes, I don't know if you've heard of a person named uh, Paul Wellstone and Sheila Wellstone, his oh. wife. So mm-hmm. after, he, after he died, his sons um, started Wellstone Action Committee. So what they do, and you can go to wellstone.org, is they do training for progressive progressives at the grassroots level. So you just want to learn how to, you know, you know, how to run a campaign or how to, you know, do events in your, and this could be for a nonprofit. This could be because you're running for office and they do training and they have been instrumental and they keep growing. Um, they have um, stuff all over the country. Um, they have camp Wellstone where you kind of learn how to do, um, learn how, how to do political action. They have data and analytics camp, which is actually in Cleveland, Ohio, and at yeah. the end of May. Um, so it equips progressive leaders with, according to their website, cutting edge data and analytics skills necessary to support electoral campaigns and issue-based organizing. So they are trying to counteract that by doing a progressive, a progressive or liberal ways. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah. It's an amazing group. They do. Um, if you look through their website, it gives you names of people who have used their, um, use their classes or their training to go to higher office. So it's, it's actually a very interesting thing. Um, and it's great. They've got documentaries, they have legacies, uh, legacy tributes. They have speeches, quotes. I mean, just going on their website, you have all kinds of stuff, but um, there's a training here, uh, here locally in May that I'm going to try. 
see if I can actually go to, which would be great. So you're going to run, aren't you? No, I no, 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 I I can't run. (laughs) I can't run because I have I have a pass, and hopefully it's not. Heidi, I have a, no, I have a, does she rain? Does Donald she have Trump that bad a of a pass? Yeah. A cocaine. A cocaine. No, pass. I don't have anything like that. I have a, I have a subversive pass, so mm. I don't think I could ever. No, I can't run for. Yeah. So. How fun does that sound? You guys, we want to know more. I know. <laughs> you and your subversive past. But but enough about me. No, so but <laughs> you know the nice thing about well the Wellstone Action and Wellstone dot org is it you know training isn't too expensive, but it's for everybody. Even if you're starting out, or you really do want to run for mm-hmm. office as a woman or as a very progressive um, ma- man who is cool with feminist issues, which would be fabulous, too. Um, someone who's an ally oh, nice. is great, too. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they their their classes are great. Their training is fabulous. Um, yeah, so hopefully we can start taking that over mm. from the Koch brothers and, you know, run for dog catcher. Run for, well, it'd be nice to the dogs, but, you know, run <laughs> for the, the water and sewer whatever they call but it this, this many um, people yeah. and this many women running is kind of a real natural strategic takeover instead of a plotted and planned by an organization that's you know either a yes. nonprofit or or you know a, a political organization this is like a natural takeover like I'm done with this we're gonna have to take over <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which I, mean, is awesome. I didn't know about I didn't know about the organization that I'm sorry, Heidi. I did not know about that organization, the Wellstone thing. But I know Emily's list and um, a few others are out there just saying, do you want to run? We will help you run. Right. And it really is. I mean, it's this is this is I absolutely love the fact that there is a a coordinated effort to say, do you have ovaries? We want you to run. <laughs> and even if you don't have ovaries, like Danica Rome, you're a female, we want you to run. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think, like you said, Heidi, you said that a lot of people um, in small towns, they run a post. There's always people in the Cleveland docket that are running on a post. And it's a shame. And I think part of it is because of apathy. And I think maybe we're kicking some of this apathy to the curb because that is a shame, you know? Like, uh, just people not caring. Hopefully that'll change, you know. So what about you, Suze? Oh, running? Yeah. yeah. I'm so, no. <laughs> okay. about, First of all, I'm you, not Mich- that outgoing. <laughs> Second of all, this is about, like, as, as outgoing I'm getting as speaking. Like, I, I don't want to speak in front of people. That's why I'm not a teacher. Like, I should have been a teacher. I think you're doing teacher. great here. I am, but there's three of you. I should have been a teacher because I could have gotten a decent pay raise and decent blah, 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 blah. But I didn't want to speak in front of a class of people. That's why I didn't do it. What about you, Michelle? Uh, no, I, I have anxiety attacks inside Walmart. So, so yeah, <laughs> but not, yeah that's I what I'm saying. That. Yes. Inside I'll Walmart? People. Oh, I, 
back, way back when, I haven't been inside of Walmart for 10 years, but I had a panic attack once so bad inside of Walmart. Walmart's um, terrifying. They nearly had to call an ambulance. Really? <laughs> was, Walmart's yeah. terrifying. Have you seen those people of Walmart things? Like those people of Walmart websites? Yes. No? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like when I go to the, like I decided I could get my medications less than money at Walmart. So I decided I'll just go in there and get the medication. And Ken's like, this is not a good company, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I know, but my medication was less there. So I went there just to get that. I've never seen so many neck tattoos in my life. I went to a Walmart. Like that would cause me. I was just like, I mean, I was just like, no, it's really, wow. It's like, look at you loving your life. And this is something else, isn't it? Wow. This is Walmart in Cleveland. Yeah. So So since I asked every one of you guys, Mm -hmm. or Susan, Michelle, Sue's asked Heidi, I'm not going to run because I don't have the patience. Yeah. I'd be the first to say that. I don't have the patience. Mm -hmm. I don't have the temperament. Um, Yeah, I'd be the one that says a lot of bad things and got caught on YouTube. Mm, Maybe. Oh, yeah. No, no, trust me. Yeah. (laughs) I know this about me. I've had friends ask me to run for office for... 10 years and I'm like no just let me do my I thing on the YouTube in the, politi- and the-, in the political yeah, sorry huh? yeah I, I I was involved in a political campaign when I was a kid my mother ran for supervisor of elections yeah. oh that's awesome yeah it was not awesome it was horrible oh. <laughs> yeah well, there, there the are tons thing, of ways you can help other people that are running for office. That's the thing. That's like, it. Not to be apathetic. And, you know, I was more involved in the Democratic Party in Cleveland when your our call-in friend Zelda McGregor was in the area. Because she was always like, look, we're having a party. I need you to show up. I was like, okay, I'll show up and eat your snacks and have a drink <laughs> and leave. Yeah, you can volunteer right. for campaigns you can yeah and not just volunteer by just calling in you can actually volunteer sure and get in there and um i do think i i i know we hear about a blue tsunami coming i like the idea of a pink tsunami or maybe if we combine purple and pink we get a beautiful purple Mm, a pink yeah blue and pink get a nice lavender you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that that Tsunami might need some support and, you know, it might need some people calling or walking. I don't mind walking door to, strangely enough, I don't mind walking door to door and talking to people person to person about politics. You know, I've done that for the the campaigns in the area. I don't mind talking to people one on one. So I just don't want to talk in front of a large group of people. Yes, I'm not into that. I just, I just love that we have so many women getting in the game that has historically been a man's game. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it really has been a man's game. Um, even though we've had, you know, we Barbara Mikulski, um we've had very few female senators. Mm-hmm. We have maybe a larger percentage of female congresswomen 
But, you know, women are the majority in the United yes. States. There's, there, we need some equality. Yeah, yes. we, uh, literally my state representative um, from my area lived in my backyard. We shared a backyard. And oh when he gosh. went... I think he's in Washington, and he sold his house to the next guy that took his job. And it's like, we don't even want him, you know? And um, that would be great to have more more candidates, more everything in local government, you know? So... But or women. Unfortunately, or women. women. Unfortunately, and I know that you guys are going to be upset about this, um, Michelle Bachman is not running. She, yep, yep. So, you know. So Heidi, was she your representative? Oh, God, no, no. <laughs> Keith Ellison is, no, Keith Ellison is my representative. Thank you. Oh, lucky you. Okay. Yeah, I love Keith Ellison. I do no, think it's a responsibility so of ours, whether we're a politician <laughs> or whether we're a professional counselor, is to speak truth. There you go, Heidi. Go. Mm. Here you go. Thank yeah. you, Marcus. So I'll speak some truth. So I, yeah, I'm going to speak a little truth, as Marcus said. So I'm from here, and I actually know a lot about Michelle Bachman. Some I cannot say over the radio, um, or on the air, I should say. You know secrets. Um, hair full of secrets. So yes, yeah, I have some secrets. Whoa. So God damn what? It, lady. <laughs> what? Tell it here. You could tell it here. We don't have the FCC. Well, well no it's not a really about her, but we'll get back to that. We'll we'll put a pin in that. <laughs> so, um, so Michelle Bachman, oh God, so her her district. I'll then explain her district to you. It's shaped sort of like a diseased rhinoceros dick. Oh, um, like Marcus? Kind of, yes, a oh, little bit, okay. kind of like that. Yeah, so. Uh, I do think it's a responsibility like the- of ours, whether we're a politician <laughs> or whether we're a professional counselor, is to speak truth. Especially about Rhino I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying, Marcus. Anyway, so on one end of this member is like the rich. She said member. The new, the, the new rich. Uh, you know, the ones that made some money in the stock market or whatever. So that's, that's those people on, the, on one end. The middle is kind of the, some of the suburbs that we have that are a little bit more, um, shall we say, craft macaroni and cheese and sure. Wonder Bread. Sure. And then on the other end is the, what I like to kind of call the, the, the window lickers of the state where they mm. kind of, you know, believe, you know, uh, that Obama was was born in Kenya. They believe in things like. Um, Do they um, believe that barbarians need to be disciplined? Oh yeah, I love you, Marcus. <laughs> so that's her district in a nutshell. So a couple of things I was going to say about this. This is you can look this stuff up. I'm not making any of this up. It's actually true about oh, what no. Michelle Bachman has done. So I think it was uh, somewhere in the 2004, 2007, or somewhere in that realm when she was still a state senator with, uh, or she was either just a state senator here or she was 
in Washington, but there was a, um, so she has a, she has an issue and so does Marcus and we will kind of skate right over that. So they have a pray the, they, he has, he's an owner of a pray the gay away mental health clinic. Yes. Um, so, and you can go on, you can go on YouTube and he's been glitter bombed or at least his, his clinic has, um, several times locally. But when you say so glitter Michelle bombs, Bachman are has, we talking about actual glitter? Yeah. Yeah, like literally they throw glitter everywhere and bomb their place with glitter. Um, So so around this 2004-2005 time, there was a gay pride rally here in Minneapolis. And it was going to be, um, I'm sorry, I think it was from Minneapolis to St. Paul. Anyway, it ended up on the Capitol steps in St. Paul. Michelle Bachman was hiding in the bushes watching <laughs> them talk. Why, you may ask? Because she was convinced there was going to be public sex acts between gay couples. Oh. She was convinced of this. There wasn't. There was she not. Did you believe that? Yes. <laughs> and then. Well, she so, actually believed I that. Think, she actually believed that God told her she shouldn't run. So tell oh, me yeah, we're, we're, we'll get to the, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. But mm-hmm. so there's, a, there's actually pictures of her that are, she's in the bushes, like crouching down That's in the bushes. Adorable. So it is. So, and then, I want to tell you. And then the other thing, she saw sex acts. <laughs> so the other thing, Sorry. she was giving this speech at the, I don't know, VFW or some, I don't know, Knights of the Round Table or Knights, whatever it's called. Um, Knights of Columbus. Yeah, that's it. Oh, so, so she had to go to the bathroom and this woman <laughs> followed her into the bathroom. The woman was about five, five to 110 mm-hmm. pounds soaking wet. Sure. She's a lesbian and she, she probably is still a lesbian, but you know what I mean? So <laughs> she Past, present and future. And future. So, she went up to Michelle Bachman as she was watching her hands and she was like, and by the way, the, the, the 70 year old lesbian oh. is or was a, a, a pastor. She was a pastor down oh, here in Minneapolis. Okay. And she asked her, she said, why do you hate gay people or something to that effect? Michelle Bachman runs screaming from the bathroom, the bathroom screaming that she's from the bathroom, screaming that she's getting, she's getting attacked by this, 70-year-old, 5-foot-2 lesbian that weighs like 110 pounds of what? Obviously, she was not, um, which, but, you know, whatever. Um, so, A little yeah, bit of paranoia. You're seeing a little bit of paranoia there? Yeah, oh, yeah. And then fearful. she <laughs> she has received from the federal government subsidies for her farm where she is, or it's a family farm, so it's her and whatever, oh. you know, her family. By the way, her wow. her sister is a lesbian. Her sister yeah. is a lesbian, just so we know. I've yeah. heard that, yeah. So, it touches home. It touches this, her. <laughs> yeah. And not so, sister, but, not yeah. The, yeah. But, yeah, her and Candace Gingrich, I'm sure, have a lot to talk about. Mm. Uh, but, so, she, 
her and her family on this farm received, I think it was like a half a million or three quarters of a million dollars, oh. somewhere in that realm, from the federal government for sub- farm subsidies. While, and then afterwards, she voted against them. And sure. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then she also voted, voted against all the stuff for bridges and fixing all the stuff up to get, you know, fix, Infra- infrastructure, you know, crumbling infrastructure. Yeah. And then what does she do when the, there's a, there was a bridge at the time that was take, took years to build from Hudson, Wisconsin to Stillwater, Minnesota, a huge bridge. There used to be a lift bridge that you, they had to go on. It was horrible. But anyway, she had voted against funding for it, blah, 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 in the funding bill. Who's there on opening day with a big giant check and a big smiling face? Michelle Bachman. Mm. Even though she'd voted, ag- she had voted she against. <laughs> no, the state fair was a month after that, or a month before that. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing about Michelle Bachman. Mark is um, He said several. He said several. He likes corn dogs a lot, from what I understood. Wow. So, so does she in a completely different way. Um, but yeah, so that's the other thing about Michelle. You know, if you Google Michelle Bachman and corn dogs, you'll see what we're talking about. Or Marcus Bachman and corn dogs, you'll also see what we're talking about. Um, it's it's yeah. So she's Just our version of Sarah Palin. <laughs> yeah, Marcus and corn dogs. Just keep it on family. Safety. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's like our Sarah Palin without the pregnant teenagers and the domestic oh. violence. So, yeah. 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 Well, but, let's, and let's, she knows let's... she at least can call, she does not call a snowmobile a snow machine like Sarah <laughs> yeah. Palin does. And she doesn't shoot caribou. So let's talk to her. Let's let her talk about why no. she's not running. So here we go. But first, many were hoping, praying, encouraging you to run for Senator Al Franken's seat. And you've decided not to. You're not going to go back into the swamp. Well, I'm not going to run for that office. You're right. I had a lot of people contacting me, people wanting to give me money and be a part of my team to run for a campaign. And this would have immediately overnight turned into a national election. It would have been a big deal. But what I did is I did what I've done on every other mm-hmm. time I thought about running. I just took it to the Lord in a very quiet way. I took it before the Lord. I prayed. I tried to have my ears open and hear what God was saying to me. And I considered it for quite a long time from the very first day when I L. Franken had announced his resignation from the U.S. Senate, I went before the Lord. And it became very clear to me that I wasn't hearing any call from God to do this. And every time I've run for office before, I've always prayed because it's a significant impact personally and on my family. And so I've always prayed and tried to seek out what God's will for me would be. And each time before, I've had this inner sense that I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to run. It doesn't mean a guarantee that I'll win, but all it means is that that's what I sensed in my spirit that God wanted me to run. I had absolutely no sense from the Lord at all that I was supposed to run this time. So it wasn't like, you know, a big desire of my heart that I would run or I wouldn't run personally. I just had no sense from the Lord that this is something that I should do right now. So I'm not going to do it. This would be a very big undertaking to run for this office. And I would be delighted and happy to do it if I felt like that's what God was calling me to do. I just don't have a sense. And without that sense, I can't do it. 
And um, maybe God just oh, doesn't want I'm raising so, my hand right now. Can, yes. I, can I say something? I, I have a, yeah, I have a couple of things to say myself. Um, one of the things that she doesn't have a sense about is the fact that um, last year, the federal elections, um, they're looking for her $1 million from her com- campaign committee. They don't know where it went. Oh! Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> what? So maybe she doesn't have a sense except that maybe she has a sense that if she ran for election again, the federal elections committee might be wanted to be like, hi, can we talk to you about that $1 million? They can't trace that. (laughs) She spent all that money on corn dogs. And gay conversion therapy. And gay conversion. Yes. Pray the gay away. So, you know, uh, okay, so... (laughs) I just want to. I just want to put a shout out to God. Thank you, God, for not having her run. Although it would have been God. comedy. It would have been comedy gold. But I think actually it was a little bit more than God. I think that there was some polling numbers done um, through the states because she's got her. <laughs> there's no way that she could win in the state. I mean, we would probably vote for a ham sandwich over. Um, Michelle Bachman in the more liberal parts of the state. As a senator, yeah, I'm with you. A wet hand. Yeah, so she she would not be able to win in the state. She's too far to the right to, I mean, batshit crazy only works for, you know, a smaller, much smaller percentage of, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a much smaller percentage of the people that live in this state. Her district. Um, if she were a congressperson again, her district, not as a senator, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. So who who's there now is Tom Emmer, which is pretty much Michelle Bachman without the skirt and the crazy eyes. So <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, different, you know, same day, different, you know, set of plumbing, I guess. So, yeah, they're exactly the same. And I want to thank God for his blessings upon the United States of America, our blessed nation, the United States of America. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. Okay, we get it. We get it, okay? Is she looking Is she looking in the right... Um, she's looking, looking at you right with camera? her crazy eyes. No, I can't see what she <laughs> No, I said, is she, is she looking in the right camera? That... Uh. <laughs> I remember yeah. that. Wasn't that wasn't that one of the She um, gave Yeah, she gave the response to the State yes. of the Union address. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Twenty twelve or whatever. Oh my God. Uh it's like can you she could fuck up a two car funeral. I'm sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I wanna hereby apologize to the entire nation for Michelle Bachman, so she is, oh, however, she is the guest that okay. keeps we on giving. Cuccinelli. Oh, Cuccinelli. he's such a douchebag. We had, yeah, Ken Cuccinelli. Cuccinelli. Uh, he's on CNN every once in a while. I would have punched him in the throat. We also had Transvag Bob. Transvaginal Bob. Yeah, that's when you punched him in the throat, <laughs> Heidi. <laughs> how, how long was Transvaginal Bob in prison? Like six months never. or something? No, he never went to prison. I thought he was convicted. Yeah, he was. He got overturned. He never went to prison. Because, <laughs> you know, he's a man. <laughs> uh. But, anyway. 
didn't mean to detract. So we all we all have our crosses to bear in our purplish states. And uh and we all have our corn. Made much more blue. Yeah, Virginia is much more blue since the last election though. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I just wanted to say, you know, you had Michelle, we had Transvedge Bob and Cuccinelli. <laughs> oh Lord! Yeah. And Michelle has had some doozies in Florida. Oh, we do. <laughs> Little Marco, and uh, we've got Rick Scott. And it's just, it's just one craziness after another. Sometimes, oh, not to mention some of the local guys. Oh, but that's Florida for you. Yeah. All I can say is that Michelle Bachman is one of the people that made me hate having the name Michelle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh don't let don't let people like that take that away from you. Don't do that. Yeah. That, it was that like, means you're giving them power. Don't do that. No, but it was like Michelle Bachman and then there was Michelle Malkin and her loud mouth. But then again there was Michelle Obama. So that made mm. me happy. See? <laughs> yeah. so, See? Balances that out, you know? Sure. No, I don't 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 let uh, yeah don't let people take that power away from you. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. I won't. I'm sorry. I I know now. I feel like I'm being mean. No, mm-hmm. you're not. <laughs> but are you having a good birthday? Is it okay? Um, ha- I'm having anything? a wonderful birthday. Good. I mean, you know, did did you did you uh, do anything special. interesting? Nothing special. Nope. Nope, stayed home. Miles brought me home a wonderful uh, uh, buttercream frosted uh, raspberry filled birthday cake. Ooh. It's amazing. Nice. And and I have a bottle of sparkling wine, so I'm uh, happy. Oh, okay. nice. You know what? I've got when I I you know what? I let it get away from me now. I've got five minutes, and I wanted to hear the 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 Pelosi. Uh, filibuster and it but it's just 33 seconds so let me hit that okay i do know that uh have an opportunity to hear from the vice president do we have to have the vote here first before members can go to what is the excuse me uh, mr chief four vote will occur soon after i yield back i had no intention of yielding back mr speaker i have a lot more all right Mm. yes that's pretty and she did have a lot more to say yeah, another six or eight hours. Eight hours. You you guys gave me the minutes. And it was it was close. It was um. Hold on, I think it was. Minutes. I don't know. It was seven hours. Eight hours and seven minutes. Thank you, Heidi. You Thank go. you. There you go. Yeah. No. I actually Nancy Pelosi, um, seventy-seven years old, wearing four-inch so, heels. Four-inch heels. Did did she read Green Eggs and Ham? No, no, because she actually talked about important things. <laughs> Sorry, Susie. Yeah, she was talking about this dreamer story. She was just going through dreamer stories. So I was like trying to listen to that. And then I got curtailed by watching the news. And, you know, so. But that's, that's great actually, that she was listening to the stories. You were listening to it? Yeah, I watched I watched a good portion of CNN this afternoon. And what was happening was... um. So she was speaking, and she was getting stories from dreamers, uh-huh. from, from like, you know, sure. congressional representatives were dropping off stories from dreamers. Because today in D.C., 
streamers showed up and they had a day of action. So they brought yeah. all of their stories. And what was happening is, so she, while she was talking, every congressional representative was going to meet the dreamers in their offices and they took their stories and they would drop them off on Nancy's, you know, her, her desk or her podium. Sure. So she didn't, great. she didn't even know what she was reading in advance. It just came in. They just came in. It was amazing. And she did it for eight hours. Yeah. That's beautiful. You know, um, I was, I was in tears. I'm, I'm telling you, man, there were I'm points sure. where I was like, God damn it. We need to be better than this. Mm-hmm. We need to be like Nancy. Yeah. And I, that's why I found it to be, you know, I'm going to listen to that. Maybe I'll get some, some of those um, stories for next, next week. You know, I'm going to get some more information on that so I can listen to that, you know? Um, yeah. 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 What, what happened today was just happening and it's Wednesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, by the time we do the next show. Who knows what could happen? <laughs> well, um, you know, we were, you guys um, posted some of the stories as they happened on the Twitter. We've got um, Twitter at Resistor Sisters Radio, which is going to work out. So that's that's cool, like, to put that stuff on and, um, you know, to keep track of stuff. But a lot of things happen, and then a lot more things happen. And if I'm going to be completely honest, kind of fell asleep at 4 o'clock. And I missed everything, so that's awesome. That's I fine. Know. You can't. Guilty here's the pleasure. thing. No, yeah. resisting is exhausting. It's exhausting. I yes. thought I was ready. That's the thing. Like I was like, I'm ready. It's totally cool. I got things. No. I've got sound bites. I've got them written down and ready to go and recorded and all that. And I'm like, gonna take it. And, and you know, like. I don't know if you guys, you guys are dog owners. Do dogs do this to you? Because cats are like, hey, you can take a nap. <laughs> and they're experts uh, at it. Like, they're so good at it. They're just like, mmm. And they're, they're, they're just, their eyes are closing gently and they're nappers, right? And they can really dogs? talk you into it. Cats. Oh, yes. Cats are <laughs> cats like love, expert yeah. nappers. Dogs, like my friend's dog does it, but. The cats will like talk you into a nap. They'll be like, "Hey, just chill. It's cool." And before yeah. you know oh. it, you're asleep. Yeah. Yeah, I Heidi Heidi has dogs too. My mm-hmm. dogs are bastard people. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. Your, your dogs I'm not are kidding. Like, are I they hyper? Hyper. They're sweet. Yeah. I yeah. When I go to take a nap, Heidi, help me out here. Mm-hmm. I go to take a nap. It's like, oh, this is going to be so awesome. And suddenly the mailman shows up. Oh, really? <laughs> cat don't give a yes. damn. Yes. Cat don't give a damn. And cat's it's like, like the God mailman. Damn it. I was guy. just going to sleep. No, I, my cat, I have a cat. Mm-hmm. My cat never, never does that to me. Really? Mine do all the time. They're just like, hey, aren't we comfortable? Aren't I giving you a little warmth here? I'm just going to shut my eyes for a minute. You can, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But. My dogs are bastards. <laughs> well, they're more hyper I love and them. fun. I do. I they love them. But going. they're all jerks. They're adorable. You know why? You know why I love them? They're jerks and they're all boys. Oh. <laughs> Little loves. I hear you laughing, Heidi. 
<laughs> you know well, what I'm I have, talking I have about. four. Yeah, I have four of each, and it's usually. Um, so Reese, Reese is 12 years old, and he mm-hmm. likes to growl, so he talks. His way of talking is growling, so it's calm. And then now he started this new thing. <laughs> it's really, he's 12, so he literally just started this a couple of months ago. Now when, when Dave goes to feed him, because it's a big, he, you got to grab the food, you got to mix the wet food in with the dry food, sure. and Reese gets a pill. So Reese spends the entire three minutes it takes to do this barking. Like somebody is about ready to rip the house down. And it's like, no matter how many times it's like, shut up. He won't shut up. So, so, and it's morning and night. So it's like, morning yeah, and so that's Reese. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to close this down, but we can, we still talk after this, but that's the end of Resistor Sisters. Here you go. Resistor Sisters. Destroying the patriarchy one podcast at a time.